Well, Mr. Murray, we're back. Um, we're back after a grand final heartbreak. How are you going? Oh, look, Jace, it's it's been been tough. I'll tell you the least. It's been a bit tough, bit uh, a bit deflating. It, it sort of gave me little flashbacks of uh, of '97 uh, with the Brownlow situation with Chrissy Grant and you know just us losing the game there um, to um, to Adelaide in the prelim. It has that type of feeling, just a bit deflated. Um, it was a, but it was a great journey. But unfortunately, we didn't quite finish the game off of the way that we'd seen them play during the final series. And and here we are, in sitting in the number two spot uh, at the end of the season. Well, it's been, it's been a long season, and um, a couple of drop kicks from the Witten Oval. Um, we've I've covered the uh, the season for uh, Western Bulldog supporters. Um, and uh, now we're faced with the task of heartbreak, uh, grand final, and um, to give uh, our listeners a review of uh, the big loss uh, against Melbourne. And you're right to say that it was a great journey and, and our hearts were filled with, with happy times and joy um, for the entire final series up until the end of the journey um, where um, our boys just seemed to run out of legs and uh, were monstered by a a stronger and faster and, and better rested team. So um, after um, tramping across every um, state in the country, um, we got to Perth, but we couldn't come home with the goodies. But uh, at least at the end of it, Jace, uh, we got a T-shirt that said we've been everywhere um, to, to get to the grand final. So that, that's taken quite a place with all the other um, Bulldog memorabilia. But, yeah, you're right. It was, um, it was, it was, it was hard, hard and deflating to sort of watch um, especially that second half, but we'll, we'll, you might as well um, tackle into it now, Jace. If if you if you're ready, that's the big question. Are you ready, Jace? Yeah. So, well, we've got a couple of things to cover. We'll cover the grand final review, and and then we've got um, the last of the season for the Bont Watch, uh, with the stirring um, Charlie Sutton win, uh, medal win, and uh, then uh, let let's get into the trade news with um, the end of the of the trade period and where we stand as a club, um, um, trying to um, pick up some new talent and where we stand in terms of uh, um, trades in and out. Um, so uh, grand final, Saturday 25th of September in Perth. So a very historic uh, grand final held in Perth. Uh, but unfortunately, it was Melbourne um, ending their long premiership drought, um, kicking 12 un- unanswered goals uh, to beat the, beat the Doggies by 74 points and win, win the grand final for 2021. Um, the Demons hadn't won a premiership since 1964, and it really had that same... Um, fairy tale feel that we all went through in 2016 um, at the end and uh, looked like all of the gods were smiling on on the demons and things bounced their way um, on the day. Um, they, um, the doggies certainly gave it their all um, up until uh, midway through the third quarter, uh, but then ran out of legs and muscle um, and run. Um, and unfortunately, despite holding a 19-point lead midway through the third quarter in front of 61 um thousand fans at Optus Stadium um, following what is perhaps um, perhaps the most incredible 17 minutes of football that Melbourne supporters will ever see. Um, unfortunately, um, we've um, went down in a, in a big loss um, and, um, and premiership uh, defeat uh, runners up for this year. Um, and um, certainly, as you say, as heartbreaking as uh, some of those prelim heartbreaks, um, certainly we were all full of hope and at, at times during the game, looked like we were on top. Um, but um, in the end, the uh, demons were too strong and too good. Um, yeah. Do you want to take us through some of the quarter action? Uh, all right. Okay. 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 Here we go. 
All right, what are the quarter actions? Okay, so it, it uh, to me it, it sort of felt like um, that Melbourne were there to play to begin with. Uh, I felt the dogs sort of beginning off were a bit 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 fumbly uh, with the ball, sort of moving around. There was a couple of key sort of opportunities to to rebound from the from the back line for the dogs, and, it, and the balls just sort of bounced through hands. And I think there was a um, one. I think Bailey Williams was involved with it, sort of bounced out of his hands and and end up being a goal for the other uh, goal for Melbourne. Um, but sort of to, to sort of start it up, let's, oh, before I jump too far ahead, Jace, let's have a look at uh, what, what the um, what the teams looked like. We had um, Vandermeer coming back um, and earning uh, the medical sub position. There was a bit of a talk going around of uh, wondering if Bebo's going to say someone's got a hammy and, and put Vandy in in the second half. There was talk, I was hearing on the radio about that, but uh, that didn't come to be. Um, so the game sort of started off with the dogs sort of getting the ball out of the out of the middle to, to begin with. They got the first inside fifty, but uh, quickly sort of went down the other end and Mel had the first goal, um, uh, first score. And Petrarca off one step. Um, I thought <laughs> interestingly in that first couple of um, 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 contests, uh, real targeting McRae. McRae really copped a lot of hard. Hard attention um, yeah. from um, Bullen and others um, in the middle, um, and Viney and others um, around the ball. So he certainly was targeted for a lot of attention. The, the big ball winner for the doggies all year, and a record-breaking year in terms of number of possessions um, over a season. Um, but certainly, once again, um, as, as has happened in previous finals campaigns, a bit of a target for opposition teams and trying to really put a lot of hard physical pressure. Um, and um, um, at times some quite um, high, hard knocks. But um, in the end, it was Melbourne who got off to the dream start with Petraka, um kicking one um, from about 50 from one step um, and certainly got um, the Demons off to a great start. And it was a bit reminiscent of the first game uh, that we played against Melbourne earlier on in the year where they, they jumped us as well in the first quarter. They seemed to have uh, more uh, run and speed and cleaner hands and also um, just a little bit tougher around contested possessions as well. Yeah, and that, that was pretty much the case that uh, sort of started that way. There was a bit of um, a bit of argy-bargy sort of happening at the same time. I think there was, there was I could also see that um, that Bailey Smith was sort of getting a bit of extra attention as well. So that um, that sort of spark and speed that he was able to sort of bring in previous games was, was starting to be, I guess, noticed, and, and he was sort of cut down a little bit with his opportunities there. Um, so you you did say that Petrarca got the, the first one from the fifty, um, and then quickly went down to the other end, and Shaky got his opportunity, um, but un- unfortunately uh, just fell a bit short. Uh, Waitman uh, with a very um, intense and full on sort of marking opportunity slammed into the goalpost, and he looked just a little bit sore when he got up afterwards, but um, unfortunately that sort of didn't get the goal that we were after in that situation. Um, from there, uh, the ball went down to the other end and, and Bailey Fritch, who we might hear a little bit more about it later on, um, marked basically on the goal line. It was a very line ball, I have to say, Jace, from, from what I was sitting at, but you can't really always play with that stuff, unfortunately. Um, so he got their second goal and they got a 13-point lead. Um, and then um, our seven-year, uh, one-year contract player, Rourke Smith, mm. um, got us uh, our first goal in the grand final uh, with a fantastic sort of marking contest and and t- turned back and and uh, got our first goal at 16 minutes into the game. 
Yeah, um, fairy tale start for Rourke Smith and really made um, the contest and, and put his physical presence into the mix um, and um, was fortunate with the bounce of the ball and quickly responded uh, to pick up the ball and, and run back uh, to goal. So a really thrilling start to the grand final for him. And you're right to say he's gone through a lot of tough times and um, short-term contracts to, to get to a grand final. And I'm sure he would have been thrilled beyond belief to kick the doggies first in the quarter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then it comes to that, uh, that thing I spoke about before, Jace, about uh, the ball sort of coming in, rebounding back into um, into Melbourne's forward line and Bailey, Mille, uh, Bailey Williams with his uh, pressured um, sort of fumbling of the ball um, allowed Charlie Spargo to run onto it and, and he got a, another major for the... For the um, yeah, un- uncharacteristic um, turnover by Bailey Williams. You just expect him to be cool under pressure. Um, mm-hmm. But unfortunately, the forward pressure of Melbourne was really telling on the doggies in the first quarter and a yeah. few nervy um, turnovers. And unfortunately, this one straight into the hands of uh, Melbourne and then on to um, Charlie Spargo for another major. Mm. Um, and then it's sort of almost repeated again quite soon after that uh, with a, another sort of high, um, I guess, high-pressure situation with the ball then bouncing into Fritch's hands. Um, and by that stage, the Demons were up by 19 points. Um, yeah, and- another, one, another one where um, Williams was expected to mark and control the ball and, and fumbled um, um, and into the hands of Fritz. Mm. Um, certainly Fritz was having... Uh, um, an incredible day and uh, a lot of luck. So this was the beginning of um, his um, good luck and good run. Um, yeah. And that takes uh, Melbourne by the end of the quarter out to four goals, five, 29 to the doggies, one, two, eight. Um, so a very um, great start for Melbourne, um, concerning for the doggies. Um, and certainly once again, Melbourne had jumped us in the first quarter as they had in uh, previous contests in the beginning of the year. Um, so expecting much better and, um, in the second quarter and the dogs really responded a few key changes. Um, Trelaw moved um, onto the ball mm. um, and his, uh, his quick handwork and um, clean position of the ball was telling. Um, and um, um, he certainly um, got, got us going again by um, picking up the ball in the forward line and kicking truly for his first major of the game and um, um, certainly had us um, up, and, up and going again. Yeah, absolutely, and that that sort of started the um, started the I guess the pendulum swinging the Bulldogs' way from there. Um, Trelaw was everywhere in, at the start of that second quarter. You know, his, his um, snap for the goal, and then his score involvement straight after that. Um, again, the ball out of the middle and into the into the forward line for Norts to uh, take one of his um, very few um, played-on um, shots at goal. He's, he's normally... So, did you like that one, Nick, seeing him actually play on and snap one? Yeah, so you don't really, you don't really see him sort of, um, you know... I think he might have shocked himself. Mm, I think so, absolutely. <laughs> and after that sort of bit of, bit of play, um, the, the, the margin was back to four points and it was almost uh, evil play and we're back in it, which was great. Um, so uh, from there, Brown sort of um, jumped up um, because the, the demons needed to steady her, um, and so sort of- he got a clean run to the ball. It looked like there was a bit of a, a contest with um, Gorn and a couple of our backmen, and he just got a cleaner run to the ball. So marked easily in front of a, a contest, and, and mm-hmm. then um, interestingly um, taking one of his renowned long runs in a set shot. Um, looking at the replay, I was actually quite surprised with the amount of booing that uh, Melbourne were getting when they were doing set shots for goal. So I, I didn't pick it up the first time I watched it live, but watching the replay, there was a really audible um, booing 
um, when Melbourne were kicking for goals during those first couple of quarters, and this was one of them. Um, it didn't help us. He uh, kicked truly, um, mm. but quite interesting. I mean, well, we shouldn't be surprised that um, people, uh, West Coast fans are, or Perth supporters are getting into the booing at, um, during a game. But, um, yeah, so there was obviously a bit a lot of passion around the ground, lots of doggy supporters um, in the crowd as well. So, um, yeah, interesting. Um, brings the margin back to four points. Um, and then, um, and then the, um, the demons need need a steadier. Yeah, and that that was where uh, Gorn sort of stepped in and and was able to kick a goal from a very tight set shot. Uh, the ball went back into the middle, and and this was the time when um, Bont was uh, stepping up and uh, some beginning of about twenty minutes worth of. Well, Nick, Nick, can I take you back to that set shot from Gorn? This was the one where he thought he kicked a goal from a tight set shot. Um, but well, I thought this right. is the one. Yeah. This is this is like the, the like the you know the repeat of Liber, uh, Liberatore in the '97 prelim. The ball has gone on the top of the goalpost. Mm. Yeah, he, he did. Oh, that's right. He did actually uh, drop his nana about it as well. He wasn't too happy at all. It was um, a bit of a common theme. I think Gorn sort of in the next sort of quarter and a bit was very quick to sort of do a, do a bit of a sook. I was noticing maybe he's a sort of channeling. He is, he is very dramatic or he's very um, demonstrative. Um, yes, all through the game, uh, he was making gestures and uh, communicating that he was a bit upset that things weren't going his way uh, all day, um, including um, something else we'll pick up a bit later, which was uh, one of the biggest um, falls mm. I've, I've seen since a, a soccer game. Yep. Mm, absolutely. Um, yeah, so he wasn't happy with that. But the ball, like I said, we did go down the other end and and Bont was able to take a fantastic, strongly contested mark and, and kicked a captain's goal um, and brought the, the, the margin back to four points. Um, it was in, it was it was on, Jace. It was, it was feeling good. I haven't, it was, we were going the right way. That's what I was feeling. Um, soon after that, Hunt was, Hunt was caught in a, in a High tackle from Spargo, which and then he went back and kicked a goal and then put the dogs in front for the first time. And this is when it was feeling good, wasn't it, Jace? Um, I um, thought I thought we'd, we'd turn things around, and certainly, you know, those big, um, um, big name players like um, Trelaw and Bont were really imposing themselves on the game, and it was an amazing response to what I thought was just a terrible first quarter for the doggies mm. that they were able to turn it around in such a um, such a way in, so quickly. Um, yeah, I, I, I was certainly spirits were lifted, and the doggies fans would have thought that you know we were in for a really good shot on the day, mm. um, um, and um, you know for for the second quarter and into the third halfway into the third quarter, um, the, the, you know the pendulum, as you said, certainly swung our way, and, and our boys were up and up and about, so it looked good. Mm, absolutely, and to, to finish off that quarter, we did have um, Bond camping off with another um, with his second goal in the final seconds. And going in at half time, we had the lead 7 5 47 to 5 9 39. Um, and one of the big sort of ball getters for that half was Caleb Denner with 26 disposals. So he was absolutely everywhere, just sort of taking that role of repositioning and pushing it forwards. Um, yeah, so um, a trusted, trusted person um, to um, um, get the ball and clear it in the back line um, wasn't showing the same nerves as other players during the first half. Mm. And had a lot of ball. He was doing a lot of kickouts as well. So um, with um, uh, nine points from um, um, uh, Melbourne to halftime, he, he was taking the share of those. Um, but a lot, a lot, very calm, composed, um, good disposal of the ball uh, for that first half, and, and on the way to a big um, haul of disposals um, by by what he had by halftime. Yeah. Um, and certainly, um, we we had a, um, you know hopes are certainly up when we started the third quarter. We were in front. 
Um, we certainly thought that we were in a good shot to make it a real contest. I, I had the feeling that Melbourne were going to come back again and that it wasn't going to be a walkover, that it was going to be a tight contest uh, for the doggies to, to get up and prevail. But um, um, certainly didn't expect the third quarter to play out the way that it did. Can I tell you how my third quarter started, though, Jay? So I, so I was trying to watch the game, and then at that exact uh, during half time, my uh, my antenna bunged up, and I lost all reception, <laughs> all reception, Jase. So the end result, what I was doing, I was trying to figure out how can I how can I stream the game? How, how am I going to be able to do this? And it was like twenty minutes, oh, probably ten minutes of me looking online and seeing how I can stream it and. And trying to figure things out, and eventually I did get on. But by the time I got on, I missed the first part of the of the third quarter, which um, which was a, a pretty telling sort of start to it, Jace. But I'll tell you, mate, I wasn't happy. wasn't happy at all. Um, How much of the game did you miss, Nick? Probably about four minutes, I think, about three or four four minutes, and I was sort of jumping. So did you back. see? Did you see Johansson's big grab? Did you see no. that at least? No, I didn't. <laughs> I wait for the replay to see that. Well, for your benefit, Nick, uh, Johansson uh, takes a, a, a specky on the goal line. Um, incredible uh, mark. Um, and then uh, from a check side kick, uh, kicks um, um, you know, the first major for the second half. And then the doggies are out to 13 points. And you think the, the third quarter starting like this, that this is going to be um, um, a good a good good sign for the doggies in the in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, the game slows down um, slows down a bit um, through the next um, passages of play, um, and then the bond is back after you know a dominating second second quarter, kicking his third goal, um, capping off um, an incredible dominant period for the bond, um, and then you know we're up we're up by nineteen points, um, and you know you're thinking at this point this is, this is this is the high water mark, but this is what we're thinking was, was I, I didn't think we had it in the bag, but I saw, certainly thought um, a couple more goals and, and we can break the spirit of Melbourne. If we mm. can get up to a five goal lead, um, it's very, you know, psychologically and, and just, you know, um, um, you know, the way uh, modern footy's played, very difficult to come back. Yeah. Uh, but that certainly wasn't the way it played out, Nick. And, and from this point, um, things um, didn't go um, as as we certainly hoped they would. Um, there was a funny little exchange, as I was mentioning before, in terms of Gorn and, and his dramatics, where um, there was a, a contest between him and, of all people, um, Caleb Daniels on, on the boundary line. And um, there was a half attempt um, to by Caleb Daniel to tackle Max Gorn over the boundary line. And he sort of let, let him go without sort of completing the tackle over the line. But um, Max Gorn sort of fell like a, 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 like a potato, forward striker, a forward yeah. striker for the national um, um, Italy soccer soccer team, mate. Um, mm-hmm. And then gets up again and demonstrates to the umpire that he should get a free kick for this this dive that he took on the boundary line. Um, Caleb Daniel um, gave him a bit of a bit of a word um, after he did his little fall, and I think it might have been along the lines of. You know, you've just done a big fall, get up, you know. Um, but, you know, again, Max, Maxie wanting to get his little soft free kicks um, and playing for it. It was, um, you know, and it, it just looked like a really bizarre scene of a that very short kind of Daniel standing over Max Gorn. Yeah. yeah, wearing a helmet too, don't forget. Um, <laughs> and that's and that's the thing, isn't it? It was, um, it was a bit of a weird run. And he ended up, yeah, I think he ended up getting a, a free kick from that as well because he's all all dramatics that he sort of put on but no 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 he didn't no. get a free kick from it there was no free kick on no it free kick? no no he didn't get a free kick but he played for it um mm-hmm. it was a throw in and the umpires even the umpires thought it was ridiculous him asking for a free kick um the commentary um um if you listen to channel seven game 
was that it was a dangerous tackle to and you know dangerous head tackle there's nothing like the sword if you actually have a look at it he's just fallen down and, and you know and then plays up for it it's just a terrible spectacle for the game and and just mm. was what max was doing all day he was doing that all day and it was the the miss kick for goal and it was this this incident and there was a couple of others where he you know, wanted a free kick, a soft free kick, which wasn't there. But anyway, it was what it was. Um, I think there was a, you know, um, and we, we talk about this period of the game because this is where um, Melbourne just turned it around and dominated the doggies. And it was like 17 minutes of hell as they um, kicked goal after goal after goal and, and turned the game around uh, to the extent that, you know, a 19-point lead was turned around to to a lead for Melbourne leading into um, four-goal four goal lead leading into the last quarter. Mm. Um, there was a um, sliding doors moment where I think there was a throw-in and, and there was a right contest where um, Jackson from Melbourne had sort of got the ball out and it had gone in, into the path and, and into um, reach of um, Bailey, Bailey Smith and these sliding door moments and game of inches where he's got his hands on the ball, but then it, it falls out of his hands and it's picked up by a, a Melbourne runner who's able to kick it um, from the wing um, on the corner of the um, um, centre square to the forward line and Fritz on the lead on the opposite side of the ground. It was an incredible, you know, 50, 60 metre kick, mm. pinpoint accuracy to Fritz leading and um, Eastern Wood, who in the end, in terms of his role on Fritz, had a dog of a day, but there was no way known that he would have been able to, to make a contest of this kick because it was a, a magnificent kick. Um, and then there was, you know... Um, a number of other a number of other goals, um, one by Brown, cutting the margin back, and by that stage, you know, um, it was down to a point. Um, and then, um, and then there was a this was another one of these little, um, you know, the gods on the side of Melbourne with Petrarca, um was tackled, and um, he had his back turned to the umpire, but it looked like he threw the ball. It goes out um, to Bowery, who chips it in, and Brayshaw manages to dive and mark the ball, um, and then you know. Um, kicks Trawley and Melbourne are back in front. And then this is within, you know, five or six minutes, they've turned a 19-point lead around to their 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 side. But um, the, the the agony and the and the, uh, um, the disaster was, wasn't over because it just ended up being um, a series of um, um, goals in the last minute or so of the quarter. Petrarca um, kicks one um, on the boundary, incredible dribbling goal. Um, and then Sparrow... Uh, managed to bang one out from 50 metres and then, um, um, you know, helped with McDonald blocking it over the line um, with Cordy. So um, in the space of a minute, they've kicked three or four goals from centre breaks and so forth. Um, and, um, you know, um, it's just a case of they just had more run, more desperation for mm-hmm. contested ball and cleaner hands. They just had cleaner set of hands. They weren't fumbling. They were grabbing the ball cleanly and getting it off and running. Um, Jackson in the ruck was um, difficult um, for the doggies to counter. He's mobile a real mobile um, fit and um, fast runner um, so he was able to almost effectively be an additional um, um, man in the center um, to help them get uh, the ball out to their running for um, cinnamon um, Petrarca and Oliver so um, this um, this you know last minute or so when they kick three three or four goals is just agony to watch and each of those goals if you're watching the um, the channel seven um, 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 show um, you'd see goal and then an ad break um, and then you get back in the middle and then you quickly go to down a goal and then an ad break mm. and it was just absolute a shocking experience for doggies and you know I think I was actually thinking back to all of those other 
opposition supporter teams who have been in similar situations in grand finals where you think you're in the fight for a good grand final and then just somehow the game turns on a on its head and then you know you're facing yeah. goal after goal after goal Literation. Of, uh, yeah yeah that's what it was yeah. um and that's and that's really that's what it sort of end up feeling like it, it, it's it the you can understand how it sort of affected the players um with with the 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 time that uh, how that third quarter ended, it was it would be just um, you know quite deflating. Uh, you know, getting all the way up to that point to have the lead, you know, halfway through that quarter and then be twenty four points down um, going into the final quarter, it must have been uh, really challenging um, to sort of get get to sort of get that morale sort of picked up afterwards. Um, so any 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 what ifs? I mean, a lot of people have had discussions about um, what went wrong. Um, how how could we have um, made it made a difference in terms of um, that run of goals? Very difficult to do when you're um, got the six 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 set up and, yeah. and you've got a clean break out of the middle. Um, Martin was bested by Jackson for the period of a number of those centre breaks. Petrarca and Oliver um, were clean and fast out of the breaks. Very strong um, as well, just breaking tackles as well, just getting to be able to move that ball around. I'm not sure, Jason. It's you think about the, the the players we sort of had in the club in the game who could put a you know put a stop to to this type of type of play. I'm not really too sure, Jason. I don't know if there was better checking of um, of Petrarca or you know just stop you know, trying to stifle his sort of. Um, well, at points in time, you had um, Libertori, Trelaw, um, McRae, and Bontempelli at times in, in a number of these. Um, Center breaks, um, and they and, and they, at times they were sent up, set up defensively, where they had a number of their um, centermen um, in the um, um, in, on the side of the center bounce um, on Melbourne side, which would expect would force out um, Petrarca and Oliver wide, so that they wouldn't have a direct run into goal. But they still managed to break mm. cleanly through those lines and get the run straight at the front of that um, center break into their forward fifty. Um, the other options um, are getting one of your halfback flankers um, 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 to run, run quickly into um, the centre square. But, I mean, even then, you, I mean, you saw occasions where you, Daniels and others tried to break the run, but they were just outmanned. There was too many uh, Melbourne players running in packs and waves out of that mm-hmm. centre square. And the doggies just, I think, ran out of legs in the end. They just didn't have the same speed and endurance and maybe the you know the long journey, the t-shirt journey from state to state to state through the finals campaigns, took its toll at this point in the game. And when we talk about 2016, what an incredible run! And maybe it is still an incredible run because the doggies couldn't replicate it because they just ran out of puff. They didn't mm-hmm. have the fresh legs that Melbourne had with um, the amount of rest that they had. Melbourne still trained with um, um, strong intensity. They were mm-hmm. ready for the game. They were ready for contested possessions. And Melbourne at this point just took the, the game by the scruff of the neck and had more run and more muscle and cleaner hands. Yeah, I, th- I think that's sort of the way it it, um, it, it sort of looks like it. And um, probably you know, coming into it, their the condition was just better. Um, and the, I think the approach perhaps um, they got the right sort of mix when it came to the training over that two-week period, which, which left them in a situation where they could um, sort of take that... Um, uh, take that, I guess, approach to the game. Whereas the dogs was there was probably was a bit of management coming through during that time. Um, some heavy games, some quite intense games. If you think back to the Brisbane one, um, 
it probably it probably did take a toll in the end and, and the conditioning just wasn't there to finish off. Yeah, so I mean, to finish off the the fourth quarter, and and um, for anybody who's watched the, the highlights of the game again, uh, it it ain't good viewing for a doggy supporter. So um, Brown kicks the opening goal of the fourth quarter, and that puts them five goals up at the beginning of the fourth quarter. And and I think at that point, the the spirit of the doggies um, looks broken. And um, it, as you I think might have said earlier, it looked like a bit of a training run mm. um, in the last quarter. The doggies had no run, whereas Melbourne were up and about and running in waves and a lot of speed. Um, Fritz was lucky to to add a, a another fifth, and then Alex um, Neil Bullen, Ed Lungden mm-hmm. um, added tenth and eleventh consecutive goals, and McDonald um, um, twelve, um, and then Trelaw um, a bit late um, gets gets another goal um, late in the game. But um, you know, um, very disheartening, heartbreaking loss, and um, a bit of agony for the doggy supporters watching and. Um, um, I suppose at this point, you know, you, you get through those games and you wonder what it does to the spirit of the team. Um, does it, you know, and in some cases, a loss like this is um, 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 can break a, a team or, or it can go the other way, it can actually make a team to actually fire mm-hmm. them up for another another shot because um, the um, the premiership windows still open for the doggies, but um, will will they have the same fires and get get to the big dance next year? Time will tell. Yeah, I think right there, there's lots of commentating happening at the moment with the dogs, with people saying the dogs are in, in that window right now. Um, and it's all about sort of getting that, um, getting the, the results. Um, we've got a quite, you know, amazing sort of squad of, of talented players who are in the right sort of the beginning of the right window of that age bracket and that performance. Um, and you just sort of, um, it's about recouping, recovering, Figuring out what happened, make a decision what it was, and then use it as uh, as a bit of uh, kindling to get uh, get that fire for next year. Um, yeah, so um, I suppose I mean just to finish off the game, I suppose you know looking at better players, Adam Trelaw had an incredible game and and certainly made the most of his opportunity on the big stage and was you know calm, composed, a great um, set of hands, clean, kicked kicked three goals and really shook the game up in that second quarter. The bottom pally again was incredible for um, the second and third quarter. Um, you know, a strong marks imposing himself on, on the competition. Um, Bailey Smith tried all day um, with all his run. Obviously, as you mentioned, he got a lot of attention um, as one of the stars of the Doggies finals campaign, finished with 26 possessions, um, sorry, disposals. So he was um, um, incredible all day. Um, Tom um, Libertor rain. Jace. Yeah, tried all tried all day, didn't he? Um, so um, you know, um, in the battle of the coalface, he was really trying his best. Twenty three touches, fifteen contested um, possessions, eight tackles, seven clearances. That's that's a good day. Um, but apart from that, everyone else, um, you could put oh, oh, Caleb Daniel. Sorry, you need to make a mention of um, incredible first half. Twenty six halftime touches. Finished with 37 and 10 intercepts. Um, spent a lot of time mopping up in the, the back line, but he was a, um, someone you could trust with the ball in the back line when things were a bit nervy with the doggies in the first half. Um, tried all day and um, probably gets an extra point for um, putting down Max Gorn, even though he was a bit of a, um, a, bit of a diver in the end. Um, but I think um, the difference in the day was we just didn't have enough of our players lifting on the day. I think um, um, the long journey through the finals campaign told for a lot of them at the end the end of the end of the second half for the doggies and we just ran out of puff and ran out of steam um, a little bit unlucky on the day things didn't go our way um, everyone um, you can't fault people for trying um, um, Cody looked out of sorts Cody Waitman didn't he was very quiet mm. on the day 
Um, so I'm not sure um, how he recovered with his earlier concussion. Um, as we know, sometimes um, it works out okay for returning. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, and he just looked a little bit out of sorts. So a um, little bit um, under what we'd expect from him. But otherwise, you can't fault everyone. They, they tried their best. Rocksmith had a good game. Um, yeah. um, I suppose if you look, look at the stats for the game, interestingly, the doggies um, um, had the most disposals. Um, we're pretty um, close with um, contested possessions. Um, we got beaten centre clearances um, and we got beaten overall um, for total clearances um, and certainly got killed with the inside 50s that just had more run in the ball. Um, they had 17 marks to our four marks inside 50s um, and clangers, <laughs> 57 to Melbourne, but 71 to the doggies. So um, I just think just, on the day. Just shows the pressure that was uh, on the ground, wasn't it, that in the end, have a margin of that size. Um, yeah. Okay, can we, can we leave it now, Jace? Do you think it's time to? It's, it's buried. It's buried, oh. Nick. So um, I, we won't we won't go go back to that one for a while. But um, I, I did have another look at it today, and um, I, yeah, I share your feelings. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, let's. Uh, we, we we talked a little bit about uh, about Bond, how he went with the uh, with the grand final. Let's perhaps have a have our last Bond of twenty twenty Bond watch of twenty twenty two, Jace. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, yeah. You know, what, what a stellar season he's had, uh, Marcus Bonapelli. He claimed his fourth Charlie Sutton medal, um, capping off what a great year he had, 2021. Um, named club chap, um, captain, finishing ahead of Jackson uh, McRae and Tom Liberatore. Um, also won the um, coveted John Von Gregnon um, domestic mm-hmm. ward and the Bruce Wilkinson training ward as part of um, the event held shortly after the, the grand final loss. Um, seventh time he's been on, on the podium and he's previously won the Best and Fairest Award in 2016, 17 and 19. Um, and he's also um, picked up a couple of second and, and third places. Um, and he's now only one of five players in um, the history of the Western Bulldogs and Footscray to have won um, you know, Best and Fairest Awards to the extent that he has. Scotty West has won seven, Dempsey's won six, Schiltz five, Norman Ware five and Teddy Whitten five. So he joins an illustrious um, cohort of champion players for the Western Bulldogs. And he had uh, another incredible title to what is uh, for a 25-year-old, um, just the beginning of what should be an amazing career um, to reflect on what he's picked up for this year, Nick, the other awards that he's picked up this year. Um, well, it was the, the AFL um, Players Association uh, Captain's Award. I think that's correct, right, Jace? As as yes, and most valuable player. And also well. most valuable yeah. player as well. So um, yeah. he's acknowledged by his peers of the, the quality player he is. Um, he also was the uh, the runner-up of the of the 2021 Brownlow count as well. Um, that was hard three rounds to watch um, as Ollie Wines crept up on him. Um, but um, he did have a fantastic year, like you said, Jace. Um, with, with uh, not missing a match at all and, and with the average of 26.7 disposals, 31 goals for the season, 150 games as well. Um, so he did have a great game, but it was that uh, sort of last three weeks where the, the dog's form slumped a little bit and, and he was out of the eye of the um, of the umpires. And unfortunately, that's sort of where we where he sort of stopped with getting his votes. Yeah, so we mentioned McRae and Liberatore finishing second and third. Um, also, just to run through the top 10, Bailey Dale, fourth, and then Caleb Daniels, Alex Keith, Bailey Smith, Aaron Norton, um, Taylor DeRay, and, and Bailey Williams finishing off yep. the top 10. So um, good recognition of stellar years by everyone in that top 10. 
Um, but um, all all credit and all glory goes to Marcus Bontempelli for another Charlie Sutton medal. And I think we should also, with, with the best and fairest nights done and dusted as well, it's sort of good just to acknowledge about how the other players went as well, Jase. So uh, uh, getting the Chris Grant best first-year player was Anthony Scott. Um, uh, Lockett Group's Coaches Award, Taylor Duray. Um, Tom Libertoro Most Improved Player Award went to Bailey Dale. He did have a, a stellar of a season this year with his All-Australian All nod. Uh, the Brad Johnson Best Team Player Award went to, to uh, Alex Keith. Um, the Scott West Most Courageous Award went to the Astronaut, uh, which is understandable because he, he was flying around everywhere. And, Crazy uh, brave. Yep. Yeah, and Best Player in the Finals uh, for Jack McRae as well. And with that acknowledgement um, also that, that that was at a, a AFL level as well with the Gary Ayers Award for Jack McRae. That's right. um, so, yeah, and that's, that's, that's uh, you know, it was a bit bit hard to sort of watch the um, the best and fairest um, count. I'd have to say that it looked like a wake neck. It looked like that. <laughs> like... I don't know if it's a, it's a sort of the the Zoom situation. You had uh, people all sitting back in a bit, um, just waiting for their turn to be asked to come come talk about their uh, their award. Um, but yeah, it was a bit bit somber. Um, yeah, a bit bit tricky to sort of sort of watch but uh, but in the end you know you got to acknowledge the the great year that they've had and and the the opportunities and the growth that we've had within the club and it's um it's in a really good situation i think jason i think we're, we're looking forward to to what's what's up next yep no worries at all so do we want to jump on to um the trade trade use nick and yes um... so we're the, the trading um so the first part of the of the the trade period is all, all finished up with uh, the dogs being a little bit busy. The the big priority coming from um, coming from the from the red, white, and blue, and and hearing from Sam Power is that it was all about the points, Jace. We'll, we'll chase some points. Um, so, with the first big deal of the trade period, we were part of it. We were part of it for points. Um, so the exchange uh, was in between with uh, with the dogs, Adelaide, St Kilda, Melbourne, um, where we um, achieved the the picks 23, 24, sorry, 23, 44, 45. And offloaded selection seventeen and thirty-five. That's uh, that netted us an extra four hundred ninety-nine points, and that's what we're after, Jay. After points. Um, so from there, um, we picked up a free agent, uh, which was uh, Tim O'Brien from from uh, Hawthorne, Hawthorne. Um, yep. as a bit of a um, sort of a halfback flanking uh, intercept marker. Twenty-seven year old played about played ninety-seven games with them down there. Had a a stellar of a game against us in round 22. So that probably helped him a little bit for him to be caught by our eyes, I think. Took 10 marks um, as an intercept defender. So it'd be great to see how he slots into that halfback line. Um, Louis Young um, has uh, looked for options elsewhere and he's headed off to Carlton. Um, so that was a three-way trade that we had there uh, between Carlton, West Coast and us. Um, gave us an extra third-round draft pick and Louis Young went to the Blues. Um, Carlton got some other stuff as well. We won't talk about that. Um, but yeah, so there was a bit of a bit of a moving around. San Patricio Seaton going to the West Coast for pick fifty-two, and then that that came over to us. Um, and the last sort of thing that the dogs were part of was for uh, Paddy Lipinski uh, moving on to Collingwood. Um, it was it was the final deal that we were a part of. Uh, we picked up uh, pick forty-three in the draft for Paddy Lipinski. He was sort of a bit. Um, uh, star for opportunities this season, and he and he did make the call to uh, to move on to another club. Um, and Collingwood was the one that he had uh, that he had his eyes on, and they had eyes on him as well. So uh, so that was sort of that with all the all the moving and shaking when it comes to there. Um, 
so, and re-signings next. So um, yeah. um, we've had we've lost a couple of players who are looking for other opportunities at other, other clubs, but we have managed to make some announcements about um, some re-signings. There, w- there was some talk um, that um, other teams, West Coast was interested in Jordan Sweet, yeah. um, and the Doggies were able to uh, re-sign him into 2023. Rourke Smith um, got his first uh, decent contract. Uh, at, um, Off the rookie list now. Um, yeah, so first-year <laughs> first uh, contract yeah. he's since he's been so, with the Dogs. So that was yeah, pretty so good. Up, up and up with him. And then um, our, our favourite, uh, Mitch Wallace, has been signed on for another year. Um, all, all put down uh, their uh, signature to, on paper for contract extensions. Mm. Um, and certainly sweet, um, if you um, re- read the, um, the reports, is, is the, um, the future um, of our ruck stocks. Um, certainly, you know, there's always been question marks about how we've performed with our rucks, um, given the injuries um, that we've had over the season. So um, the team and, and the uh, management of the doggies put a lot of faith in sweet to develop um, um, as a ruckman over um, his his coming uh, years with the doggies, um, yeah. certainly we were able to block um, West Coast, who were looking uh, for number two ruckman to back up Nat Newey. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that was uh, um, yeah, sort of wonderful we watching for a little while. But it was great that he did get signed quite early into that trade period, so that all that scuttle button innuendo sort of finished off for him fairly quickly. Um, and like I said, also, Wally is, is one of our little favourites. Um, didn't get much of a run this season. Played um, um, Medi sub a couple of times, um, but I'm hoping that uh, he'll get a, a, a better run next season um, in his uh, um, in sort of a bit more of a senior selection. Um, yeah, we're sort of hoping for a season that he had in 2020, yeah. uh, where he became really dangerous, um, sharking small forward. Um, certainly, there, there are a number of players who have taken that on that role. So question mark about what his role might be in uh, 2020, um, 2022, um, but hoping he can um, make an impact as he did for a couple of games that we saw him this year, play the doggies. Absolutely. Uh, there were some missed opportunities. There was talk going around that, um, that we were looking, we're looking for a, a, another Ruckman. Uh, Jonathan Segler um, was one that was just flat around and uh, Peter Adams as well from Port Adelaide. Um, they were both, um, potentially seen as targets for the dogs or being identified as targets for the dogs. But in the end, they both went to, uh, went to other clubs, Segler to Geelong and, uh, and Laddams to, to Sydney. So yeah, they- I think, as you said earlier, I think Sam Power's strategy was to um, um, deliver Sam Darcy to the club. So um, yeah. I think if, if you're going to deliver a 203 centimetre Ruckman key forward, um, son of a gun, um, chances mm-hmm. are you're not going to be able to trade in another Ruckman. So I think we, we had to make a choice between the future with Sam Darcy, um, we secured um, Jordan Sweet to stay with the club, mm. but I, I just didn't think we had the collateral to actually um, make another signing in that regard, Nick. No, I don't. I don't think so at all. I think our, our priority, like we heard from from Sam Powell, was was just about the points. And let's hear about him, Jay. So we had uh, we had in the end with the draft picks of 23, 43, 44, 52, and ninety three. Um, it gave us the points tally of 2,148. Now, those numbers are very important, Jace. If we're looking at getting, uh, getting Sam Darcy, which is what we've just been hearing all about, um, he's, he's sort of ranked in probably at the top five of the, the draft of this year, even a little bit higher, potentially. Um, if he goes uh, as number one, um, which um, I know that Bevo was quite vocal earlier in the year about saying, don't pick North, don't pick him at number one. It's a waste of uh, $10,000. We can go to your own number one. 
um, we'd be 2,400. So we would be in a bit of a, a points deficit um, for, for this season. We have to borrow for 2022, which is just a bit messy. But uh, if, if he is, if he does go for at number two and we have to match him, um, that's a bit over 2,000 points um, and we'll have enough from there on in to sort of match any any um, any um, requests for him to join other clubs. So it's all that. And so how, how does he stack up? There's been a lot of talk and um, he's seen as a, a future star of of the the competition, Nick. So, um, what's his background? So, um, he's he's with the Oakley Chargers at the moment. He's had a bit of a run with the Vic Metro as well. We haven't really seen much of him because of the, the whole COVID thing. Um, but he's been seen as a as a, a potentially a fast developing tall target, um, and can hold a key position quite well. Athletic, marks the ball really cleanly. Um, he's saying, like you said before, Jace is uh, potentially the son of a gun. Um, so there's lots of raps that's on him. Bit, bit, uh, bit raw at the moment, um, but uh, he's he's played every every position with the Chargers in the league, and uh, he's a Scotch College boy. So we always look for those uh, private school boys. So you never know what how he's going to turn out. Um, so he's he, he's seen as the best tall in the draft. Um, that's that's sort of some big raps for him. Um, and you know with the the um, the dogs have been impressed with his athleticism and his uh, aerial ability as a key defender uh, can rotate into the ruck um, and he's going to be a great sort of position key position player for us um, in in the future couple in coming years. Um, so so we're quite fortunate for two years in a row we've had um, um, priority picks uh, first with Jamara Oogle Hagen and mm-hmm. now Sam Darcy on the on the father son so. I think um, in terms of luck we've had with the draft, we've, we've picked up um, two um, um, great picks and, and hopefully two future champions um, in, in um, two successive um, years while we've been, you know, towards the, you know, the, the top end of the table. Um, so fortunate in that regard. So looking forward to him coming on. Um, I think they will treat him uh, the way that they treated Jamara, which is to give them a taste of, um, of footy when he's ready. At, a, at the highest level, but not to force him into a quick development, but take the time they need to, to get him to develop and, and bulk up to deal with um, the the uh, uh, the big, strong men of uh, the AFL um, that he'll be facing up against in future years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's, it's something to look forward to. I always like when, when um, father-sons come through, it was um, like, I guess, like you and I, when we were growing up, um, we didn't have many of that. It was it's basically the last uh, ten years or so where we've had all you know we had the West, we had the um, Liberatores, the Hunters, the Wallaces coming through, and now we've got a Darcy now, um, and we, oh, we've also got a Grant who's in in the AFL Women's as well. So it's a, it's a sort of great time um, renaissance. So you can think about a father son or daughter son uh, situation for the dogs. Um, and we'll just sort of see where they go from there. Who knows where else we might be picking up some players. You know, I know that uh, that Jono's got a couple of kids floating around there, so he might be our next little target, Jace. Um, so yeah. um, there's also, um, in talking, talking about list management, a couple of players who haven't been signed yet. Um, so we think Hayes and Kavara are still not signed. What's the future for those boys? Well, we haven't. Um, Hayes hasn't had much of a run this year. He's been mostly in the in in the VFL squad. Same with Kavara as well. I think they've only had maybe one or two games at all this season. Um, I think it's um, both both are on the rookie list, if I remember correctly. So it's um, it's one that we'll just sort of see how that plays out. Um, I sort of think maybe it might be uh, 
we might be saying goodbye to them, Jace. Unfortunately, they might they've, they've been you know, might get a role perhaps in the the VFL squad, perhaps. Um, but um, I think that might be. Yeah, not, I'm not, not too sure where we'll be going with them. They're both on the moment. So yeah, also saying goodbye to Lin Jong with his retirement as well. So. Yep. Um, and I think we've covered um, his um, incredible career and contribution to the doggies mm-hmm. as well. But he's uh, another one to um, leave the list uh, this year. So a few openings and um, um, obviously we'll see um, a few new faces at the doggies at the kennel next year. Yeah, you're right there, Jay. So it'd be interesting to see how, we, how it all plays out. Um, and I think that's, that's about it, Chase, isn't it? Is that the siren? Was that the siren? Yeah, that was the siren. That, that's a, that's the siren for the uh, for the twenty twenty two AFL um, Premiership season. Um, so uh, it's it's been a roller coaster ride, Jace. We had uh, three amazing weeks during the final series. We've had a, a season of of uh, ups and downs and lefts and rights. Um, some great uh, performances by lots of players, um, but uh, it didn't uh, end up with the uh, with the cherry on top, unfortunately. Uh, a bit close, but uh, maybe the spoon just wasn't big enough for us. Um, oh, well. It's always well. next year, so we've got a bit to look <laughs> over. In, in the summer, the AFLW um, team is starting to train, and we look forward to the start of their season, and they've got um, um, some new um, talent, some, um, some uh, mature um, recruits, and some um, raw rookies coming into the team. Yes. And then we can also watch the, uh, the draft play out, and hopefully we can... Um, Say hello to some uh, new talent coming into the men's team for uh, yeah. 2022. Yeah, so we're good to see how how that all plays out. I'm also looking uh, looking at doing some little um, little tasters, Jace, of uh, of episodes of 2022. Just little pockets of pockets of fun, maybe um, players of uh, greats of Bulldogs past or uh, um, games that uh, that we just a bit too hard to remember. So I'll jump back into our little archives and sort of see what we've gotten from the vault. Have a little uh, little sound bites. Memories from the vault. Yeah, memories from the vault of uh, the twenty twenty two season. So all our viewers, I hope you and listeners, I hope you enjoy that. Um, and I think that's about it, Jace. Um, just remember, everyone, to, uh, don't forget to come and say hello to us on the Facebook page. A couple of drop kicks from the Wit Noble. Just search us up. You'll hear us all on all the fantastic. Uh, uh, podcast service providers, your Spotify, your Apple Podcasts, your Google Podcasters as well. Um, any other good ones, make sure you do that and share us with your friends. Um, we always like hearing from other people that we haven't seen before. And uh, I think that's about it, Jace. No um, Excellent. Thanks, Nick. And um, um, we are grateful for a great year, the doggies, even though we ended up number two. Um, an incredible ride. And as you said, those three weeks in uh, September were an incredible happy time and a lot of um, thrilling results for us in that, that, that final series. Yeah, ones to look look um, in, look forward to looking back at. Um, absolutely. Rightio. Okay, Bye see today. you, Nick. We'll fall. We'll Up and down like this, but they can't.